This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Last year on this day, we had the hurricane roll through the area, which was a nightmare. But thankfully, the weather's a lot clearer tonight here. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. It's the Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Get me on Twitter at Dan Grosser, G-R-A-C-A. A lot of Knicks in that first hour, as you could expect, because Donovan Mitchell's going to be wearing a Cleveland Cavalier uniform, not a New York Knickerbocker outfit. Giving you our thoughts on that one. We'll get into all the baseball matters as well. Mets with a big win today, knocking off the Dodgers, holding off the Dodgers, I should say, 5-3, to three, and outlasting Clayton Kershaw. Bullpen did its job, tacked on a few more runs, so now they get a three-and-a-half game cushion on the Braves. Braves are playing right now. We'll see the outcome of that game. But, you know, bottom line with the Mets, that schedule gets mighty, mighty easier the rest of the way. The Mets have the easiest schedule, easiest remaining schedule in all of Major League Baseball. Think about this. The only games they have against winning teams the rest of the way, three in Milwaukee, three in Atlanta, and that is it. So if we do some quick math, the Mets have 30 games left exactly. 24 of the 30 games are against clubs with losing record. Got to feel pretty good about their chances. Got to feel pretty good about way things are shaping up right now for the orange and blue baseball team that calls flushing its home. And we'll get some postgame reaction coming up from City Field there as well. Let's go to the phones. Brian in New Jersey. He's up next. Grasses Show, 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Brian, what's up? Hey, Dan, thanks so much for taking my call. Hey, what's up? Um, I, I wanted to call when you guys were talking about, um, you know, having, you know, stars want to come here and come play here. Um, one of the things that stood out to me when you talk about KD and Kyrie is they want to come play in Brooklyn because of the culture they had and the team that they had already built and the things they had going and the things they had in place. And I think in the Knicks are certainly on their way to building something like that. You can't tell me that R.J. Barrett's not Karis LeVert, and you can't tell me that Mitchell Robinson's not uh, Jared Allen, and they have a lot more young talent. But the problem is you need a coach who's capable of developing that young talent. And right now the Knicks don't have a coach who, who can do that. As a matter of fact, Thibodeau has a record of being known to not be able to develop those guys and just well, wait give a sec, too many minutes to the old sec. players. Wait a sec. Okay. And look, I hear what you're saying, Brian, and I know that that's kind of like the narrative and everything. I get it. And it didn't work out well for him in Minnesota, especially with the youngsters they have there. I totally get it. You know, they clashed. They didn't see eye to eye. But who was the head coach that helped make Derrick Rose an MVP in Chicago? Yeah, that would be Thibodeau. Yep, that, that would be him. So, I mean, he has it in him. That's, oh, okay. I, that's why I think but it's a lazy kind of just narrative. Pick. What's that? Derrick Rose was the number. Derrick Rose was the number one pick in that draft. Well, you know, Brian, I could go. Like Brian, I could go in. back. I could go back, and I could show you a lot of number one picks who didn't amount to anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do. I just I worry that you know, especially what we saw. Okay, that's fair. What we saw last year, especially down the stretch, was that the younger kids weren't getting as much time. He was still getting you know, getting minutes for, for Burks and these guys who are, like, washed up or not going to be on the team next year and not really giving the kids some looks and not really giving them a lot of time. So I guess I just worry that he's not the right coach to build that culture that inevitably leads to those stars coming wanting to play here. I think a really good example also is uh, Julius Randle's defensive effort, you know, for games at a time 
and that was considered okay. He never sat him, never did anything about it. And it just feels like if you're going to let that go, like how, that's the example you're setting for the rest of your team, that you can, you know, take off plays, take games off essentially, and, and you know, not give effort. And I guess well, I'm concerned I mean, about that too. But, Brian, the other problem with the Randall thing is, and I thank you for the phone call, and, and it's, it's a fair point as far as Julius not sitting and whatnot, but it's not like he had a wealth of options. Because if you want to make a point and send a message to somebody like Julius Randle because you're unsatisfied with what he's doing defensively, okay, great. Put him on the bench. Who the hell's going to replace his production offensively? Right? I mean, it's not like it's easy as just sitting there and saying, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to be stern disciplinarians here. You know, it, 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 this isn't like the old days. Zane High School, you know? Unfortunately... Majority of guys in the NBA, they're more known for their scoring than their defense anyway. And that's why, you know, you look at a guy like Tibbs, it's admirable that he still preaches defense. It's admirable what the Knicks were able to do a couple of years ago in playing as hard as they did and, and, and getting all the way to the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, to demand and to get that type of an effort each and every single night, each and every possession, that's just unrealistic. And I don't you know, I, I really... Like, I don't buy into that whole theory how coaching matters when it comes to attracting players. Like, you know, Brian was insinuating that, like, you know, teams are, are big-time free agents and whatnot. They don't want to come to the Knicks right now. Among other things, it's because it's Tom Thibodeau, because of the head coach. You know, isn't it amazing? Like, it's always something, it seems. Like, we always are making these excuses because I thought for the longest time nobody wanted to come play for the Knicks because of the owner. So now we seem to have moved past that, and then the next excuse, because that one got tired, is that now it's because of the head coach. So let me get this straight. You mean to tell me back in 2010 that LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, they were all gung-ho to go to Miami and play together because Eric Spolster was the coach? Eric Spolster, who'd accomplished like nothing as a head coach? And a lot of people were essentially calling him video coordinator Spolstra and the dude who was like Pat Riley's boy. And that's why he was made coach of the team, but everybody thought that Riley was the one that was pulling the strings behind the scenes. I know Wade was there already, but still. So that was okay. But now you got a guy like Tom Thibodeau who's a multiple coach of the year, a guy who's well-respected, and people don't want to come play for him. I don't buy that. Remember, Kenny Atkinson, ask Kevin Durant. Kenny Atkinson was a freaking genius. Kenny Atkinson was Red Auerbach. James Naismith, three years ago when it came time to decide where I'm going to go play basketball, they couldn't wait to get to Brooklyn and play for Kenny Atkinson, except when it came time to show Kenny Atkinson the door, Kevin Durant sat there and put his foot out like and used it as a doorstop so Atkinson can walk right the hell out the door. Didn't exactly stop him. These guys don't care. And if they tell you they do, I mean, that's a bunch of garbage. First and foremost, you know what they care about? They care about money. Who's going to pay me the most money? Because you know what? A lot of us would do exactly the same thing. I'm not saying that we're any better or any different. Money makes the world go round. And professional sports is big business. The money's got to be right. That's first. Second of all, are my buddies going to be on the team? And especially if you're a star, who's going to be somebody that's going to take some of that pressure off of my shoulders? Because what if I don't have a good game? Then I got to hear it from the media. I got to hear it from the fans. I got to hear from idiots on the radio like me that are going to constantly blame them. Then somewhere down the list is the coach. Alan Brooklyn, up next. Grass's show, 98.7 ESPN. Al, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Dan? How are you? Al, how's things, buddy? You doing good? 
Uh, pretty good, pretty good. So the Donovan Mitchell situation, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to say I'm completely happy that we didn't get him. I'm just happy we didn't give up the form. With Cleveland, even what Cleveland gave up, they gave up players that they weren't going to use, right? Laurie Marketing, they were they wanted. No, them. I mean Laurie Marketing's a good player. He's a good. He's player. a good player. They wanted to move him. Trust me, they wanted to move him. They but he's would, a good they, player. Even he is a good player, but Laurie. But they didn't want to use him. The players we have mean much more to us than they would to to to. Uh, to Utah. So, you know, we need to keep our players. First of all, and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is a wonderful player. He's a second round exit every year. Utah had a good team. They had a good team. He was the main option, of course. But they Al, had don't team. go there. Al, don't if go he there. He came to the Knicks. Utah Al, still had a better team than the Knicks would have had. Al, come on. Donovan be Mitchell fair. Yes. Be fair. I'm being fair. No, be fair, though, because you threw you threw the, the you, come on, you threw the d- little dig in there about, oh, he only went to the second round of the playoffs. You know, think about that Western Conference. Think about that team's out there. And, again, his other superstar is a no-offense guy in Rudy Gobert as a center. I understand that. He also had – he did, they had a, a complete roster. Uh, the other thing is Tom Thibodeau, he needs to – he can't – he, he cannot coach young players. You say he's a good coach. He's a good regular season coach. If you look at his playoff record, a couple of those Chicago teams took early exits as well. One of them went out in the first round. Probably, I'm not sure if it was a 50 or 60 win team. Another guy exited early in the second round. Tom Thibodeau is not the coach for this team. He's not. He is not the coach for the Knicks. What happens if Derrick Rose doesn't break his leg or whatever he did that one year? How, so is that fair to to to, to throw in Thibodeau's no, face? Derrick, How do we know that Derrick team Rose wouldn't have gone was further? Actually, there one of the years that they got eliminated early. Actually, the year that they got that they actually made a run was the year that they all had the flu. If you could remember that, it was a year the entire team had a flu. They made it to the second round, seventh game of the second round, something like that. But uh, no, Tom Thibodeau is not the coach for the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell's a great player. He's a finishing piece. If you have a team that's ready to win and you can make a move to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell or something close to it, yes. But if you're going to build a team, you can't start with Donovan Mitchell. Because once we have Donovan Mitchell, to to get the player that we need to win the championship, it's going to be a guy that's better than him, and we won't have the assets. We'll be six years down the line before we can even make a move. Al, let me ask you a question. Let me just mm-hmm. ask you a question. If Tom Thibodeau's mm-hmm. not the coach of this team, who who do you want to be the coach of the team? I would rather have Kenny Atkinson, Mark Jackson. There's, there's guys who have a track record of developing, working with, and developing young players. You say that Tom Thibodeau made Derrick Rose. I'll tell you, Derrick Rose made Tom Thibodeau. Derrick Rose was going to be great wherever he went. And adding him to that Chicago Bulls team with Tom Thibodeau's tough, tough defensive mindset – they, they they were a great team. They won a lot of regular season games. They did nothing in the playoffs, nothing. He is a playoff bust. We got knocked off in the first round. Everybody says, oh, what did we do? That's his M.O. He doesn't go far in the playoffs. He's a defensive hey. coordinator. He is. He's a defensive that's, that's, coordinator. Boy, Al, that's, I, I, I disagree with that. You know, he made it, and thanks I, I, for the phone call. He went, he went all the way to the conference finals that year with the Bulls and Derrick Rose. And what did they run into? They ran into LeBron to Wade and to Bosch. Are we going to kill him for that? Going to kill him for that? Right? That was that was the best team he had in Chicago. The best team he had, they won 60-plus games. They were the one seed in the Eastern Conference. They go to the Final Four, and they lose to a team with three Hall of Famers, a team that was expected to win, by the way, a super team. And we're going to blame him for that? They didn't get the job done? 
I think that's a little much. But all this like defensive. See, I haven't heard that one before. I like this. I like I like this kind of just circulating all of a sudden. The Thibodeau hate and that he's no better than a defensive coordinator. It's amazing. They, uh, you know, singing this guy. The guy was the toast of the town two years ago when he had this team playing above and beyond anybody's expectation levels. Anybody's. And last year, you maybe get a little bit of a revert to normalcy, and now it's, sorry, let's get rid of this guy. Oh, and all of a sudden, guys don't want to come play here because he's the coach. You know what? Maybe they don't win a championship under Tom Thibodeau. I'm not sitting here telling you that they are going to, but can we at least let this guy do some work with this roster that he's going to go into the season with, right, and see how it fares? You think he's just sitting there resting on the laurels of what this team did last year? I would hope not. Guy's a gym rat. The guy's a workaholic. I'm sure that he's trying ways and looking for ways to improve upon what they did last season. I worry about the depth a little bit, to be quite honest with you, more than anything else, because they said goodbye to some guys that, you know, gave us some minutes off the bench, and now others are going to have to step up and play a little bit more and contribute a little bit more. That's what concerns me. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. More of your calls. We'll also get to some baseball as well, and a good day for the Mets out at City Field. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'll tell you, you know, we were just talking about it. Football is in the air. Nothing better. I'm sitting here right now. I got two college football games on my TV. Rivalry games. You got Penn State, Purdue. You got West Virginia, Pitt. Little backyard brawl action. We'll do some college football uh, tomorrow night. Send you off into the weekend with some good information. Then on and off we go for college football. Think about it. One week from tonight. One week from tonight. You, me, we're going to be sitting here doing the show and on our TVs it's going to be the Bills, it's going to be the Rams, SoFi Stadium, NBC, kickoff to the NFL season, and then a week from Sunday, everybody else is in action. I, I, I can't believe it's here. I'm thankful it's here, but I can't believe it's here. But 
on oh, we got some stuff planned for you. You don't even you don't even want to know what we got planned for you on this show during the football season. It is going to be the place to be. Eli Washingtonville up next. Dan Grosser show ninety eight seven ESPN. Eli, what's the word? Hey, what's going on, man? I just uh, touch out on two points. One on the the Knicks. Well, I guess my Yankee point. Uh, it's the Knicks. Listen, <laughs> I'm not a Knicks fan. Uh, thank God. But <laughs> it's like every Knicks fan, every time they lose a player that they really, really, really want, they were like, "Oh no, we didn't, we didn't want this guy anyway." It was too much. Listen, Donovan Mitchell needed to be a Nick. The guy wanted to play here. He he would have came in here and gave the Knicks the spark that they needed for them to make something, to at least put some, a, a, product, a productive product on, on the court. But anyway, uh, to my Yankee point, you know, I'm tired of, of – every sport – it's crazy how we, we have the only team right now – that we have to look forward to, to getting any type of a chip is the Mets. And it took a, a, an owner to buy out the Wilpons for this to happen. And for my Yankee team to go, to go through this meltdown, because that's what it is. It's a meltdown. It's a and meltdown, it's yeah. Brian, and it has all Brian Cashman's DNA all over it. But what's the what's – the, what's the, what's the, <laughs> Uh, you 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 have heard me you know, argue almost every every person in this radio station on how Cashman is a terrible GM. I just think but, that's funny. I, I think I'm like picturing because you said it's got Cashman's DNA all over. Like, I'm I'm picturing like you know the CSI folks coming with like the swabs and getting samples of like that carcass on the side of the road with the Yankee pinstripes and it's all coming up Brian Cashman. I think it's funny. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. And what and it's true. Every what's the flaw in every single team that the, the, that the Yankees put out there? They can't manufacture any runs. The rotation's not yes, reliable. The, the back yes, of the bullpen shaky. Exactly. Anything else? <laughs> no. Well, the bullpen he actually does a good job in the bullpen. Well, he doesn't know how to how to, how to you know a construct a good starting pitching staff. He holds on to players way too long. And he doesn't get productive players in October to hit. And it's and look, it's it's not even in, in the postseason. And look where we're at. And I'm telling you, for him to if he doesn't lose his job after this season, uh oh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's gonna get worse. And I'm telling you, the Yankees are gonna go sneak into this to the playoffs as a wild card. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what we're gonna do, Eli. Thank you for the phone call. I, you get it from both sides here. You get it from the Yankees side. You get it from the Knicks side. What we're gonna do is we're gonna get rid of Tom Thibodeau. We're gonna get rid of Brian Cashman, and we're gonna. Well, it'll be like a race to the unemployment line for both of those guys. Maybe that'll be like something with we could do for like a nice holiday giveaway, like sweeps here on the radio station. Since all the Yankee fans now hate Cashman, the Knicks fans hate Thibodeau. He's the wrong coach. We'll see. Like we can do like a game. Which guy we could run out of town fast enough? Right? Who's gonna win that race? I'm kidding, of course. And, you know, look, we thought long and hard about that, right? I mean, like, what is it, in all seriousness, like, what is it going to take for Brian Cashman not to be the guy running the New York Yankees? Because he's been here forever. Like, he has survived, like, like, gener- how many, like, how many, like, presidential administrations has Brian Cashman survived? I mean, Jesus, Brian Cashman has survived multiple popes, for Christ's sake. Multiple popes. And he's still the general manager of the Yankees. Like, that didn't happen back in the day. When George was running the show, like, if they went this long 
without actually winning a championship or getting to a World Series, you would have been long gone. Anthony and Wayne is up next. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Love the show. Anthony, thanks, bud. What's up? Uh, so I just wanted to make a point on Tom Thibodeau. I'm a Knicks fan. I think Tom Thibodeau is an excellent coach. The only problem and the only reason he doesn't have a ring is because of LeBron James. There's not a knock against him as a coach, but you look at Frank Vogel, another coach who happened to win a ring a few years ago, you know, what do you think about well, that? Well, the ring thing is sometimes stupid, even in, like, the other sports, too. Like, with football. I mean, there's football coaches who have Super Bowl rings, but I, I would not call them elite head coaches. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just yeah, no, it's circumstantial. I'm coach. Yeah. But no, I mean, look. Just, he could have won if it wasn't he for LeBron James, you know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a guy who's got a ring as a head coach in the NBA. Like, you mentioned Frank Vogel does. I'll tell you, one of the most overrated coaches in the sport, and, and it's a joke, that they put him on the uh, NBA All-Time 75 team as a coach. Doc Rivers is not an elite coach. Absolutely. He is not an elite coach. That. I think Tom Thibodeau is a better coach. Tom Thibodeau could coach, coach circles Rivers. around Doc Rivers. Circles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, this, this, I, again, I didn't watch basketball in the 90s, but I can assume there was a lot of great coaches who didn't win rings because of Michael Jordan. You know, so it's not a knock against him not being able to win. And another player is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler developed into a superstar under Tom Thibodeau. You know? He did. He did. Now, unfortunately, though, when they hooked up again in Minnesota, you know, things didn't exactly go according to plan. You had Carl Anthony Towns there. You had Wiggins there. And it was just a bad mess, and they had to move on. And, Anthony, thanks for the phone call. Thankfully for everybody up in Minnesota, now the A-Rod is there to save the day. Right? Now things can, you know, get better in Minnesota because A-Rod is there. And they got Rudy Gobert. Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and A-Rod. That's going to be the cover of the yearbook and the media guide this year for the Timberwolves. You know, I was thinking about that as Anthony was saying, like that 2011 playoff run where the Bulls were the one seed and they had Rose and Thibodeau, Lou Aldang, Joe Kim, and they lost in the conference finals. They lost to Miami with LeBron and Wade and Bosch. Let's say Chicago would have beat Miami. Would Chicago have beaten the uh, Dirk Nowitzki Dallas team, which Miami didn't even beat in the finals that year? I don't know. That Dallas team was on like a mission. You know what I mean? Like it was Dirk's time. He was finally going to get it. And he basically – see, we talked about that Larry Brown Pistons team that didn't have a number one, right, but they won a championship. The Dirk team in Dallas in 2011, that to me is one of the more pure championships that we've seen over the last 20, 30 years in the NBA. Because he, was, yes, he was a one, he was a stud, but he didn't really have a hell of a lot of help. He had good supporting players, you know, it was nice like role players, but he didn't have like a fellow superstar on that team. Dirk took down that evil empire like all by himself virtually, like he was the dude. And remember, they were making fun of him after, like, what was it, game two or game three? Like, LeBron and Wade are walking into the building with the fake cough because, you know, word had gotten out that Dirk was sick, and that's why he didn't play well the previous game. And then he went out there and he eliminated their asses in, what, six games? Five games, six games, whatever it was that year? The Dirk championship with Dallas. And to a certain extent, I still put the, the Milwaukee one with Giannis a couple of years ago, like on that level of, you know, guys that toughed it out, guys that did it the hard way, guys that came back from 
playoff failures previously and did it with those teams. Those would be the two right now. At least like if we're talking, you know, like in the 2000s, if you will. And then that Pistons one is its own little kind of separate category that we probably aren't going to see anything close to, again, the way the NBA is structured. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. We come back, we'll continue these calls, and we will also, also, we got to get into the Yankee debacle, don't we? I mean, Eli talked about it a little bit, but we got to get into it in a little bit more detail. What the hell is wrong with the New York Yankees? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 3-2 the final. Yanks limp home. Now what? Well, they don't limp home. They limp back to the East Coast, I should say. Now what? You know, what do we make of this? Officially a slump? Is that what we're going to call it? Or is it a collapse? Is this is this the makings of a collapse? The roots of a collapse? Is that what we have on our hands right now? A team that can't seem to get out of its own way? A, t- a team that can't seem to function against the bottom feeders in Major League Baseball? Well, guess what? No matter what you think the answer is, and I'd love to hear from you at 800-919-3776. You got five weeks to figure it out. Five weeks. That's when the season ends. Where's this Yankee team going to be in five weeks? Are they going to still be sitting on top of the American League East? Or are they going to be scratching and fighting and clawing to get into the playoffs maybe as a wild card? They didn't figure it out on the West Coast. We know that. And, I mean, look, you can make every excuse in the world that you want to throw in their favor. You cannot, under any circumstances, cannot go out there against those two teams, which are both a disgrace in their own way, and leave with a losing record. You cannot do that. 3-2 last night. And look, I'm not going to sit here and jump down on Garrett Cole either. That ain't all on him. He gave, look, gave up the home run to Otani. Can you say, hey, Garrett, you know, keep the ball in the ballpark? Is that the worst thing in the world? All the money they're paying you? Is it, you know, can you do it? It'd be nice. Did the Kiner Falefa error? You know, did that open up the floodgates? Yeah, we know it did. And Otani got him. Nothing says Garrett Cole can't make a pitch, though, either to pick up his teammate. Happens all the time. I always say, you know, well, you know, that pitcher, you feel bad for him. It's not his fault. The guys around him were making errors. Well, you know what? Make a pitch. Pick up your teammate. Just like Brandon Nimmo last night picked up Jacob DeGrom when he had to climb the wall to bring that home run back from Justin Turner. You're allowed to pick up your teammate just like they pick up the pitcher every so often. That could happen. But I'm not going to sit here and point the finger at Cole and say that's why the Yankees lost that game. And by the way, all right, let me – because I know that this has gotten a lot of talk over the last 24 hours, a lot more than I thought it would, by the way. I mean, and, and people are trying to spin this thing six ways to Sunday. I'll end the Isaiah Kiner-Falefa debate on his fielding right now. Right now, right? You're out there for your glove. 
You offer nothing at the plate. So if you think he's a good fielder, if you don't think he's a good fielder, if you want to look at the defensive metrics and spin those to me until the cows come home, be my guest. All I got to say is it's the major leagues. Go make the freaking play. Not that hard. All right, you guys could debate on your own time, on your lunch hour, whether you think he's an elite defender. The defensive metrics say this, they say that. I don't want to hear about the metrics. Bottom line is it's the major leagues. He's a glove-first shortstop. Make the damn play, especially, especially when this team's margin for error is as razor-freaking-thin as it's been the last few weeks because they can't get out of their own way offensively. That's why each and every miscue, and in this case an error, magnifies. And we all know, look, Aaron Boone goofed in the ninth inning. We know it. He admitted to it. You watch the game. You know that he made a mistake. Two on, nobody out. That's the biggest indictment. Two on, nobody out, down a run. How about scoring a run? That hard? Scoring a run. I mean, Donaldson gives you nothing at the plate anyway. Glaber's struggling. Those guys strike out. You can't really be all that surprised there. And then you didn't have Rizzo available to pinch hit because you had the pinch running thing happen in the eighth inning. He had to go play first base. And by the way, by the way, speaking of Anthony Rizzo, he's not going to be available in all likelihood against Tampa this weekend because he's now dealing with the back stuff once again. And he's going to have an injection or had an injection out there on the West Coast. Oh, great. One of the guys who was actually swinging the bat halfway decent, a guy who was certainly capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark, you're not going to have him around when you can't score runs to save your life right now. What is this? What is this with the Yankees, right? Is it a blip, or is this like the beginning of the end? The beginning of the soon, the September swoon. You hope that just because the calendar is turning to September, you leave that awful, awful month of August behind you. And then that's maybe the trick, and that's all that needs to happen. I, have you seen some of these numbers, by the way, for August? Like, once you see them in their proper context, a 10-18 and 18 record, the 18 losses, most in a single calendar month since September of 91 when they lost 19 games. And that 91 team was awful. I'm good friends with somebody who was on that team. He'll even tell you, the team stunk. They had nine games in the month of August, nine out of the 28. So that's essentially like almost a third of them where they had four hits or less. It's the Yankees we're talking about. You got a guy in this lineup who's the MVP of the league. Should be the MVP of the league. They've had 12. Think about this. They got 12 games this year with three hits or less of the Yankees. Last night was the 12th. The only team with more are the lousy, stinking Detroit Tigers who are in last place and have one of the worst records in baseball. And this is a team that's known affectionately as the Bronx Bombers, right? They going to snap out of this or what? You know, they've had Tampa's number all season this year, unlike past seasons. What if that changes? Like, what if now they can't even beat Tampa anymore just because, like, they can't get out of their own way? And by the way, six times in the next 10 days, the Yankees and Rays are going to get together. A Rays team, which has won 14 out of the last 18, playing real, real good baseball. Their best baseball of the season right now. July the 8th, the Yankees had a 15-and-a-half game lead. 
It's now six. Five in the loss column. Dare I think, when we kick off the NFL season, what is that number going to be down to? Right? I mean, maybe that's the best thing that the Yankees have going for them right now. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, the Knicks were in the headlines because of the Donovan Mitchell stuff, which, you know, didn't happen, but still, it got us talking. Mets are really, really good. NFL season starting in a couple of weeks. Maybe, at least for one day a week on Sundays in September, people are going to forget about the Yankees if they continue spinning out of control. I, I, I mean, you can't make this up. You really can't make this up. Let's hear from Aaron Boone, starting with Anthony Rizzo and him struggling to fight through this back injury. It's something that's that's obviously been bothering him and he's been dealing with and um, um, he, he actually stayed back in California um, to see Dr. Watkins, the, the specialist out there. So there's a chance that um, he could get an injection which and, and miss a few – probably miss this, this uh, Tampa series potentially. Um, but the prognosis is, is really good for him. Um, the, you know, he had an MRI about a week or ten days ago which actually, structurally speaking, looked better than, than it did back in spring training. So there is some, there's a, there's some, a lot of confidence that if he does potentially get these injections that this would be something that he'd be down a few days but um, would give him the relief that, that he needs because he's been grinding through this pretty, you know, pretty rough here these last few weeks. Here's the thing. You know, everybody hopes for the best. Right? They think that it's not anything super serious and they think they got this thing under control. I'm not a doctor. That might shock you. But I have learned that when it comes to the back, and especially when you're talking about somebody who's 33 years of age and who's played a lot of baseball at the major league level, you cannot assume anything is going to be what you hope when it comes to the back. Because if you thought that it was A-OK and it wasn't an issue, he wouldn't have missed as much time as he has already. So that was Boone today with Dave and Peter on the K Show. Guys also asked him if he's worried about his job, given the way the team has played of late. I really don't worry about like the what it means for me professionally. Like I'm 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 good. Like I, my job is to you know really pour as much into getting us to be the best team we can be, and. Um, that's that's my focus. Um, you know, I don't I don't listen to anything right now as far as you know watching much TV or uh, I'm sure what social media and all the things out there. You know, I, I you know especially in times like this where we're, we know we're going through a tough stretch. You know, I just kind of stay away from that and just try and pour into my coaches and, and team and, and and the organization and trying to you know unlock and get our guys in the best position to be the best they can be and that's kind of where my focus is and and then I'm comfortable with ever with with whatever from there well he probably doesn't want to listen to shows like this he probably doesn't want to watch live tv or any of those type of programs you know just go stream something bin watch something um you know the lord of the rings that new series starts on Am- it drops tomorrow on amazon on september 2nd they spent like hundreds of millions of dollars on that you know, I, I'm going to watch that. Maybe that's something that Boone should maybe take up here because, you know, they're not going to mention the Yankees and IKF and his horrible defense, despite what the metrics say. 
By the way, how about IKF's defense and the comments that Boone made? The guys asked him about that this afternoon, too. What are you seeing that made you say he's having a great year defensively? Just the the internal numbers that we look at as far as that establish, you know, defensive run saved and range and, you know, making plays. I, I would say he's been in the top five to seven shortstops in the game defensively this year, like without question. And, you know, because he's had a couple errors and because, for whatever he he draws the ire and and I get right now we're going through a tough stretch where we're not racking up wins and you know <clears throat> he bobbles a routine play and the next guy hits a home run it's 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 red meat for everyone to jump on I certainly understand that um, but it's also important in in my position to step back and strip emotion away and you know evaluate what's gone on and he has been an excellent defensive shortstop. Well, it's my job, though, to call the spade a spade, and I don't care about what the numbers say. All I care about is reality, and the reality is is that he offers nothing offensively. He's out there for his glove. When your team's margin for error is razor thin, as we've observed for the last couple of weeks, one mistake could be crucial to the outcome of a game, and unfortunately for him, it was that error and that miscue which opened up the floodgates. That's reality. And I like Aaron Boone. I like him a lot. But they're not doing him any favors with the way they're out playing, too. 800-919-3776. More of your calls when we return. And also, maybe a little bit of a boost coming from the Yankees, waiting for them in Tampa tomorrow. We'll also talk a little Yankee baseball, Met baseball, with Xavier Scruggs coming up at 9 o'clock as well. It's Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Yankee fans have clamored for it for a while, and it looks like they're finally going to get their wish because meeting them in Tampa tomorrow when they open up a series against the Rays, it's going to be none other than Oswaldo Peraza. Shortstop is getting the call-up. Now, I don't know if last night's game and what happened with IKF you know, precipitated the call-up necessarily, but it is happening And he will be there, and you know he's going to have every shot possible to lay a claim to this job and to earn playing time and maybe take this opportunity and run with it. That's what you hope if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think he hit a home run for Scranton here um, earlier today before he got word that he was getting the call up. It's funny because Peter and Dave, when they had Aaron Boone on earlier today on the Michael K Show, they asked him about the possibility of bringing up Oswald Peraza. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's a, he's a name we talk about a lot. He's had a solid season in AAA. Um, you know, so we'll weigh everything. And, and uh, you know, he, he could be in play at some point, uh, you know, any day, or he could be in play at some point in September. But I think the biggest thing is he's had a positive year in his development. Um, and so we'll continue to have those conversations, you know, from a, front office player development where he is like doing right by him but also you know if we feel like he can you know be an impact for us those will make that decision but um those are kind of kind of conversations we're having right now say what you want about oswaldo cabrera i know he hasn't exactly been you know tearing the cover off the ball but you know what he has he's brought a little bit of a spark 
You know, he, he really and truly has. The versatility, all those things, I like what he has added to this team, even though it really hasn't affected the outcome of games all that much. But I still like what he brings. You hope that Peraza is going to be able to deliver pretty much exactly the same thing and maybe even play better because he's supposed to play better. Right now, this team looks tired. They look old. I mean, Josh Donaldson, he, they, they look like they should already get a wheelchair for him and roll him out to the retirement community. Seriously. And give him some crocheting stuff to, like, knit blankets for his neighbor's dogs. He just, he don't cut it anymore. They need a spark. They need an infusion. That's what these September call-ups are supposed to provide, even though it's just a couple of guys now compared to the way it used to be where you could call up basically like your entire minor league system and they get to sit in the dugout for the final month of the season. But something has got to light a fire underneath this team. You know, it's not the manager. He ain't going to do it. Brian Cashman's not going to march down into the clubhouse and, and give a, you know, let's win one for the Gipper speech. That's not his way. Something has to get it done. It's on the guys in that clubhouse. And you know what? If you're going to bring Peraza up and he is going to be one of them, no better time to start now. You know, a little judge home run pursuit. See if he can, you know, descend upon 61 a little bit closer here, win some games in the meantime, and then boom, you wrap up this American League East. Maybe this will be a blessing in disguise. Like, we'll look back on this maybe two months from now and laugh. Like, oh, remember when we sat here and we, you know, slinged arrows at the Yankees when September began? Like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Just win the division. You cannot collapse this thing away and I don't think they will I I still believe the Yanks will find a way to win this American League East might not be pretty but I think they'll get it done this is the Dan Grasser show on 98.7 ESPN Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need Robert Half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.